Hello and welcome to the 152nd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spawn.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves of shows initially focused on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Black the Four by Sand Sailor Studios. Andrea! Who are you? Hi. What do you do? Hi, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm a community manager for Black the Fall at Sand Sailor Studio. We are based in Bucharest, Romania. Uh, and I'm the only one out of a team of eight who's not actually developing the game. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I didn't want, mean to put it like that. So we have three programmers, five artists, and I'm part of the brainstormings testing and so on but i'm not drawing and i'm not coding so i'm uh, putting in all together the internal communication external communication and everything in between sounds like you're more of a producer then you, you you've got all the, yeah yeah all the I've pieces got, together yes. and you're yeah you're and you're the, you're the glue that bonds it all together you're the producer yes. whether you like it or not um, yeah yeah <laughs> I know most people don't like the thought of looking at schedules and bar charts and going, well, look, there's this milestone. It's not going to move. No, I don't care what you're saying. It's not going to move. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, what, that's what producers do. So, yes, you've you got your wear many hats for being such a, a, a smallish studio, although it's, not, it's quite medium-sized, actually, these days, but thanks to the tools that are available now. You don't have to build engines anymore, thank heavens. So, yes. you know, that's now the, the size of teams have scaled down, even so the output, the, the, especially Black the Fall, is incredible. The amount of volume of content what you've made here is it's astonishing. And I'm not saying that because you're on the show. It's, just, <laughs> it's, just, it's an amazing achievement with such a small team. Thank you. And that size. For the first year, uh, they were f- five. And right. uh, the uh, past year and a half, we've been eight. Okay. Roughly eight. I mean, it, for a few months, we were nine, and now we are back at eight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, how did you make your start delving into the realm of video games? You can go uh, as my, early as you like. Myself? <laughs> yes. Uh, I I was playing, uh, I guess, mainstream games when I was, I don't know, 10 years old, 11, 12, and so on, in the, or through high school, like uh, Need for Speed and Sims and, uh, you know, uh, action, speedy girl stuff. Okay. And then uh, now I, I think I only like to play uh, games that are artsy, <laughs> like... You know, Machinarium, Zamorost, or uh, so Amanita's games, uh, like uh, even Play Dead games, uh, low poly uh, games, and so on. So uh, I need them to be cute or quirky. Understood. <laughs> but that's just myself. So we actually uh, posted on the blog a list with um, favorite games of last year and uh, can, uh, upcoming games of this year that each of us prefers and they're quite different that's really good to have an eclectic mix of people making games um, yeah. it's often said that um, I've said this before so take a drink everyone but this is one I've said in a while though is that um, a developer once said we need more people who have no interest in Star Wars making video games <laughs> 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 I think, like... <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if everyone here is a Star Wars fan, but I think not. So the two no. founders, Christian and Nicoletta, Christian and Nicoletta, uh, Nicoletta is more of a survival games and strategy games type of right. person, and he's uh, more into like Uncharted, uh, Doom, um, uh, 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 the big game, Battlefield. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a Blizzard fan over here who would play anything that Blizzard uh, publishes and so on. So, well, they, 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 yeah. they generally hit the mark, generally, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. although they tend to have this odd habit of going, this game we've been working on for seven years, yeah, let's just <laughs> throw it in the bin. 
I know, I know they did that, and they crushed some hearts. But, uh, yeah, they yeah. do, they do, yeah. <laughs> we want Warcraft adventures, damn it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, making your start in working in industry, how did that happen? Um, I was working in IT, uh, so I worked for Oracle and IBM in marketing, but I knew Christian Nico, who are all-time gamers, okay. and uh, Christian has been working in producing games for 15 years or something. And uh, this is the first game for us as a studio. Oh, so this right. is, yeah, the first, their first project and so on. They started this project and then they gathered us around. And most of us, uh, they used to work with before. So most of the developers here used to be Christie's colleagues or employees at some point. Okay. Um, yeah, and this is how we, we got together. They said they need someone for communication and um, project management somehow a bit and admin stuff and anything that uh, they couldn't handle anymore because the, the project was growing. Uh, there was a lot of pressure and they needed to focus on creating the game. I'm producing the game and the dressing and the puzzles and the graphics and so on. Okay. So, I would sort of, this is a bit of an off the cuff question, really, but you have an interesting name for a studio. Where's it come from? Was it anything <laughs> particularly unique? Is it, is it, you know, relating to some cultural reference that I can't pick up on? What is it? What does it mean? No, it was, uh, it was a words game. They wanted it to sound. Like difficult to produce, like has this have this alliteration like SSS. Oh, and, all right. And, <laughs> and then Christy used to have a some like a robot and a, a metal ship that would float uh, when he was a kid during like communist days. And he wanted to he re remind him he remembered of that and he said, Yeah, I think I want something related to that. And from here to there it was a brainstorming and uh yeah, we, we came came up with this one. Okay. Okay. Because you you see some developers sort of go, Well let's take a colour and then an yeah. animal. There you go. <laughs> Orange leopard. Brilliant. That's our name. Excellent. Sounds uh, like a stage name, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was some relation to Dune or something like that. You know, sand and then sailor. You could be a oh, Fremen on the back of a big worm or something. It could. Yeah. And maybe, who knows what was the unconscious drive because Nicoletta is a huge fan of Dune and sci-fi uh, literature. So that might have been it. Yeah. yeah. So whether you liked it or not. And then... Uh, yeah, Dune comes up a lot in this show. Obviously, it's a huge, bigger influence than we give it credit for, obviously. Um, amount of times Dune comes up. More than Star Wars. How about that? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway. Actually, Star Wars was a bit of uh, an inspiration. Christy watched Star Wars when he was a kid, and he was, uh, I think it was at Empire Strikes Back or something like that. And, um, the best one. This is, this is where the Sentinel comes from ah, so it's right. pretty much inspired yeah but so this is why in the game you have robots yes where which are not uh realistic of the era of the communist era and then you have uh sort of all sort of communist mechanism like manipulation and treason and uh yeah we haven't tending to work and so on yeah we haven't delved into the the yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah. Uh, sunshine and rainbows that is black the fall um, it puts uh, Sonic to shame as regards to the mix of colours. It's amazing. All that blue skies. It's just brilliant. I'm being facetious. Sorry. Sorry, Andrea. But uh, I'm just trying to get uh, get the point across everyone that, yes, yeah. Black the Fall is not called that to as a juxtapose against its presentation. It really is very dark. Um, however, there is some other aspects that aren't so, but we'll talk about that later. As a studio, what do you think you are, your, your big influences are as, as, as a creator of things? What do you think drives the studio on or, or steers the studio, the studio as a creative mass into the way it goes, where, where it has gone? What do you think? I mean, I've got some ideas, but I'd like to hear it from yourself. The, the main drive was that uh, game is a, is a way 
an artistic expression. So just as you have documentaries and books and paintings and so on, you can express an emotion through a game. And you can have a social responsibility or not. Or uh, So it's not just something you play around with and it's not just entertainment. It can be just entertainment, but it can be entertainment something on top of that. Well, any medium uh, can be, can't it? Any, it, any it, piece yeah. of medium can be just yeah. pure, you know, fluff. Like pop music is riddled, riddled with that, yeah. you know, which is why sure. I'm not particularly keen on it. Sorry, but generally <laughs> I, I just don't. If it, I think it's a bit shallow. Well, no, it, it is, is, but it's, it's, it's overtly so. And I find that a bit repulsive, but that's just me, you know. So, and like you, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to round the home point. That the, you're saying you're 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 driven by the need to use video games as a form of expression. What are you yes. trying to express? So the project began as a new expressionist art project for Christian Nicoletta, and uh, they were talking about a lot about uh, communist experience and the consequences now and what stayed with us, what didn't and what happened and so on. Uh, they were around 10 years old, I think, uh, when the revolution happened. So the fall of the commun- of the Forgive communist me, regime. Forgive me, I'm not entirely sure what year that happened in Romania. Uh, 1989. It was 89. It was, It yeah. was. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I mean, because... I think some countries it only happened in ninety. I think Hungary was ninety. Uh, yes, and some of them were earlier. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we, we anyway, it was nineteen eighty nine in December, late December before Christmas. So yeah, and I think the fall of the entire uh, Soviet Union was in beginning of ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Something That's like that. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was only three years old, so I, I cannot say I, mean, I have. Uh, memories. I was that, 18, but, so make it that yeah. what you will. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But the stories, I mean, everything, the, the pictures, the stories, the that our parents lived it in communism yeah. entirely. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were talking about that. And instead of doing like a painting or some artistic installation, they said, well, a game, because we love games, it will be our artistic installation. So they found a programmer. Uh, yeah, to help them with that. Uh, the prototype was a bit different in the beginning. So there was manipulation, but there was also shooting. Uh, there were communist elements and there was this thing of um, how you interact with the other characters. Uh, you can betray them, but then you can expect some um, pushback in return and so on. But we gave up on that one to go more and more towards experience that draw from the communist time. Like, I think uh, the, from what I take from it, now, bearing in mind, I've never lived in such a regime. But then again, yeah. neither of you, um, to be fair. Well, you yeah. did when you were very, very young, but you, you know, didn't really didn't understand. But, you know, it's... <laughs> uh, it's, it's... For me, it's a way to communicate really, really what it feels like to live in such a a horrible, oppressive uh, regime, and the fact that it's de- de- how people being dehumanised, reduced to just a number, even something less than that, and that's what I get from it is that you know it's just this um, you you are less than you know, become less than human, and some people are more equal than others. You know that that glib yeah. sort of statement that when you think about it, people do say this a lot, but they don't really understand what it means. Uh, I've definitely heard it said a lot by politicians at the time when I was, you know, I remember it and uh, people saying these mm. things and talk, and using that phrase over and over. I didn't really understand what it meant. I even read Animal Farm and thinking, I still don't mm-hmm. quite get it, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, there's a good example. Animal Farm is a great uh, yeah. illustrative study on how things go horribly, horribly wrong um, because the oppressors, be- the oppressed become the oppressors. Just, just how it works. Yes. Um, and uh, it's not until you have um, some form of um, uh, people have have to answer to certain things and they have the understanding of the rule of law and that rule of law is above everything else and that rule of law is sound and works um, then it all. Then otherwise, it all 
falls apart. Now, we're delving into politics here and maybe our audience is like, oh, that's best <laughs> not. But unfortunately, Black the Fall, or fortunately, you could say, answers those sorts of questions. You know, what is it really like to live in a brutal regime to the point where human life doesn't even mean anything? I mean, that's the something I definitely take away from the Black the Fall is that it is really violent, isn't it? It's uh, more so as you can see. There is no, there's no blood in the game. No, uh, no. there's no shoot. I mean, there is some shooting, but you don't yes. do any shooting. No, uh, you don't. No, but you're shot uh, at. Aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, yes, there is something that you feel uh, through the entire atmosphere. It's like the atmosphere is a third character, main character, and it goes beyond the cognitive level and goes directly to the emotional level, like. I feel this, this is heavy. This makes me uncomfortable. But this is for people who love dystopias. And uh, regarding what you said earlier uh, about the oppressed becoming the oppressor. Yes. It's something that happened but before Ceausescu's time. Uh, in the first decade when it was uh, in Russia, there was Stalin. So it was a uh, re-education camps. Yes. Intellectuals and students were sent there and tortured in despicable ways yes uh until they would say they give up everything and they believe in communism or something like that and they would have to believe it so strongly so they would be like their brain would be overwritten for survival and some of them would become torturers for their friends of their friends so this is the level of emotional and dehumanization and emotional oppression that some people went through. So teachers, any intellectual, any writer, teacher, anyone who would have, let's say, a a legacy or a big house or the bourgeoisie, we didn't have much of that, but there was some bourgeoisie. Uh, Yeah, they were just sent there because it was the time for the peasant and the worker. Actually, it was the time for the worker to succeed and to be the center piece of the society. Um, That's a a very sad event. And actually, the beginning of Ceausescu's rule was okay. The, The end of Ceausescu's rule, like the last decade, was definitely not okay because it was a restriction on food on TV. So we would only have like two hours a day uh, with his speech of how wealthy we are. But we weren't. We wouldn't allowed to be uh, to eat, be allowed to eat meat, uh, or um, there was hot water only like I don't know two days a week. I mean a few hours, but only two times a week, and uh, electricity wow. would turn up. Anyway, it was yeah, and all it was all for um, consuming less. Because he would, he had built uh, the uh, House of Parliament. I mean, the People's House, which right. is a very, very, very large building in Bucharest. If you Google Bucharest, that's probably the first thing that comes up as a landmark. And um, yeah, I mean, he he became like that after he visited North Korea and China, and it was a personality cult there. And he liked yes. that very much. So very he said, good, I'm yeah. going to do that at home. Yeah. And uh, at some point he visited Paris and he said he'd like to have a boulevard large, as large as Champs-Élysées. So he torn down some houses, some very old French-style houses. And he built a, a, a house of parliament, I mean the people's house and a, a large boulevard. But then we had to pay for that with consuming less and exporting a lot of goods, especially from agriculture, Uh, especially, uh, ah, I'm missing the name, Uh, what bread is made of, which is not corn and it's not rice. Yes. Wheat? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, so this was the story of, yeah, and the, the idea is, yes, I haven't lived in communism, but it's not something that's wiped off like immediately no no it takes decades there, there are yeah yes yeah. and there are consequences so there is a, a hunger for sh- showing off and consuming and 
at, at least you have options. Yeah. Uh, and there is a thing that stays with you, like you, it's fine to cheat the system because the system is against you anyway. Right. So there is this mentality that, yeah, you can go around anything because, I mean, right. you're allowed to because you are mistreated anyway, something like that. And then there are a lot of people who who are still in politics or schools or, I know, public institutions who are have the same mentality because they were educated like that and for they some don't know people any it's better yeah yes for some people it's a comfortable yeah well i was about to say mentality. don't know yeah. any better that can't be true because yeah. now you know romania is very much an open country it's it's, it's part of eastern yeah. european well european it's becoming you know it's say becoming it has become um so it's for, for you know for, oh let's go back like no we don't want that we we'll, we'll look at Look at what happened to Eastern Germany. Now look at it; it's a you know it's a it's a it's a personification of why the the communist uh, regimes had to fall. Um, so, but getting back to the point, and I think it's really brilliant that we brought it full circle. Is that your driver as a studio is to communicate and to talk about some very uncomfortable things uh, in a very unique and different way, and that's brilliant. And that should be applauded. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show to talk about that openly and say, you know, let's make a game that's quite about a subject that's quite frankly uncomfortable. I mean, there's lots of games out there, and I say lots, there's more games out there that are dealing with issues like this. Papers, please, being a very good example. Yes, yes, it's a great, it's a great, yeah, it's a great example and a great game. I'm sure many of your colleagues and and parents would empathise with yeah, the plight exactly. of that border patrol man. I mean, if you've gone, as I said to this, that if you, you know, 10 years ago went to publish and said, I've got this game where you're a border post of a mythical Eastern European country mm-hmm. and you have, to, you have to vet people coming in and going out. Get out of my office. <laughs> no, no one wants this. No one, no one wants this. Get out. Uh, but that's not the case now. It's celebrated. It's often cited as one of the best games in recent years. Um, and it certainly isn't graphically, but the actual experience itself is amazing. So let's move on to the next one. So let's be, I'll beat now because it's a, it's important what you describe, and I don't want to be I don't want to downplay it, and I hope I haven't when I just said that. But I just think it's important that we have a you know like a, a sine wave of up and down. Um, so the next question is: Who do most in in the who do you admire most in the video game industry, and why? So, which which developer do you most admire in the industry? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it can be a company rather than a person, and uh, and I appreciate it's a hard question to answer because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's like when someone asks you what's your favorite color, or favorite book, or favorite song, mm. and it's oh my god, I have so many. Depends on the mood. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm specifically talking about a creator of things. I a fellow I know, creator. But, um, yeah. I honestly, would, I think <laughs> who I, I who I like most is my fellow developers that I have met and we befriended. I befriended ah, them. So that's that's a wonderful uh, That's answer. very subjective. Well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can name some of them if you like. Sort of pluck those out of the air. I don't mind. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Far Long Sales. It's a really really nice game. It's a in black and white and greys and so on and a bit of red um, they've they've been an uh, Xbox ID uh, at E3 last year and then again at uh, last year at Gamescom so which, which, the, which, which title is this? Is it, sorry. Far Loan Sales okay hmm. or um, yeah uh, our Square Enix collective colleagues from Oh My God Heads Oh, oh really yes, fun that's, Spanish that's, guys. Yeah, that's a, a really funny game. Awesome oh, game. They just yeah, you just have fun. I mean, you, you, have, you have fun with strangers, and they become your friends or enemies. Yeah. Depends on the team and the uh, yeah. Yeah, it, the, the amount of times I people. the amount of times I heard when I was playing it with friends and like, why did you do that? Why? What were you thinking? <laughs> well, why did you do that? What do you mean? What just what going? I thought you were no. No, you didn't think, did you? That's a classic example of a conversation I had <laughs> yeah. during that game. Why did you do that? It's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful stuff. So, uh, 
Yeah. Well, that's a great, great response. I mean, I've had people say things like, you know, everything from Blizzard and Nintendo. Yeah. Bad responses, you know, especially Nintendo's kicking it at the moment, aren't they? Good God. They've uh, really turned things around. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's a... Uh, it's a great industry, and uh, to 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 cite friends, and you know, not only to to gravitate towards their work, but also to find make friends with them is is extra special. So that's yes, great. and people are so smart and creative and fun, and I I really love this industry. It's full of great, I mean, rich, emotionally rich people and intellectually and so on. I I love it. Yes, yes. Apart from those people who make clicker games. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't say that out loud. Oh, I didn't I'm recording as well. My last question of the first half. You've well done. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> this this one's this one's the one of the uh, my favourites because it gives me an insight into what uh, what um, drives uh, a, 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 a developer a little bit. Uh, I like to think anyway. The question is, and then I have to ask it because it's, we're a podcast about video games, so I have to ask this question: What are you playing right now? Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still at the end of Machinarium. Oh, very good. Very good. So that is a point and click, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't really go into But it's also deep. a puzzle game. It is also a puzzle game. Yes. It's been a while since I played and that. Wow. I know it's not a multiplayer, but I always play it with my little sister because, um, I don't know. Otherwise, I don't have the. It's just more fun into. And I've seen that. I've seen that with Black the Fall. I've seen couples or brothers or kids and parents playing together, no problem at all. One with the with the controller and the other saying, "Oh, have you noticed that? Oh, have you seen that?" Backseat driving. Um, Yes. Yes. It's uh, it happens a lot in adventure games, like you just cited, you know, Machinarium. and back before, you're absolutely right. And there's a lot of games, like the Telltale games, a lot of people, a lot of couples play the Telltale games. They have one person sort of, oh, do choose that option. Why? Because this happened and this happened. And they have a discussion about how, what dialogue mm-hmm. choices they make. And I don't think it happens so much in the Mass Effect games, though, because that's a different kettle of fish. But, yeah, um, yeah I'd, it's happening a lot. People think, you know, the couch co-op playing and the people realizing that there's more than one person in the in the house that may want to play video games as well which which, <laughs> which sounds obs- just bizarre but like people go why do you want to make you know games that play with someone else in the same room pause what sorry why wouldn't you do that i don't what's wrong with you you know it's just this this extraordinary um thing that for for decades there was a sense of uh, video games were a solar pursuit. And uh, they didn't start off like that. In fact, the very first video game was a two-player tennis game. That was the very first in, in uh, video yeah. game. Yeah, the 70s one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's yeah. 50s, actually, because they use... Um, With yeah. the two lines and the white dots. That, that's the, that's from, Pong, yeah. but then they had Tennis for Two. You can okay. look it up. It was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was from the 1950s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, and it's called Tennis for Two. So, you know, it's going full circle now, as most things do, as all art forms eventually eat themselves. <laughs> um, just like there's only five, six stories, six stories, only ever told. Uh, I'm not sure where Black the Fall fits into one of those stories, but apparently it does. So, that's a really good answer. Thank you very much for that. Um, you know, uh, to, to play adventure games with, with others is a good idea. So let's... Um, Let's move on to the second half, where we delve deep into Black the Fall. So, Andrea, 
zeroth question this is. It's not really a question. It's you pitching to me what is Black the Fall? Is it is the chance you have one chance to escape an oppressive system. And the connection to today is that some of us are stuck in a situation, maybe a job or something, a relationship or an abusive government, and uh, there is little you can do. And through this game, you have the chance to outsmarting with their own weapons. So you, you feel the heaviness of the game and then you can overthrow it. Right. It is a two-dimensional action-adventure, ultimately. You move two-dimensional, but uh, the camera moves in a 3D way. So it, it gives you a, a 3D perspective. It yeah. rotates around in nights like... Sorry, I'm very old, so I'm just making reference to a Sagan Saturn game <laughs> that no one remembers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's... There's few platform games like this that have a rotating camera, but ultimately you're looking, walking on a two-dimensional plane. Yeah. First question, then. Expand further, please continue. I was about to say that uh, it, even though it starts as a, as, a, as a solo, I don't know, selfish adventure, at mm. some point uh, you meet a fellow robot, Pat, that you'll share the sorrows and joys with. You do. I didn't want to reveal that, but okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. It's in the, it's no, but it's in the short pitch. I mean, it's in the game description. True. <laughs> True. I just, I just like to discover things. I'm a, big, okay. I'm a big explorer of games. The reason I stopped playing WoW is because I saw everything. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I went, I went to a raiding group in World of Warcraft just so I could see all the dungeons. Well, stop doing that. <laughs> I did. I just, I. I did stop playing well because of that reason, because I saw all the dungeons then. Uh, that was it. Killed all the monsters and saw the dungeons. Yay, go me. Uh, and uh, But yeah, so I just, I just, there it is, a thing. But it's my first question then. The colour design is clearly a core component to Black the Fall. Was it always your intention to make anything that there was not a shade of grey menacing? Uh... We it's just now that we added some color because we needed um, we have like a color language for danger, safety. Okay. Um, there is one scene where it's a uh, the propaganda where people are. Sh I mean the the system is shooting a wealthy cornfield, which is shoot is shot in a factory because. Right. You know, the propaganda, like the communist countries always said that the country is wealthy and happy and colorful, while everything was gray, dark and sad. Yeah. Uh, so we have some color. But yeah, the intention is to have only grays and have it all dark. You'd be amazed if you turn the lights on the, in the game, how many objects there are, how many details there are on the objects. But uh, it's little... You see very little because there is a um, whole science of how you place the lights and so on, but mainly it's dark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the object, the, it's completely dark because it was it was dark, it was sad, it was oppressive. Yeah, yeah, this I, is I, how I, to communicate it other than with language, dialogue. No, absolutely, of, of which there is very little. Um, and the, the point I'm making is that in the experience when I was playing through the game, uh, both in preview and up until present day, um, is I didn't think that when you saw any splash of colour, it indicated two things. Either one, I was probably going to get shot in the face. <laughs> or two, there's something I can interact with. Yeah. But it was the other thing, the first thing that I'm alluding to, or in, you know, talking about, sorry, is the mere fact that you see a splash of colour somewhere probably something bad's going to happen or some or specifically a moving piece of color uh or a cone of color what i'm getting at is the turrets <laughs> that they, they, they are deeply menacing uh and they and yet they are some of the brightest things on the screen again was that always something 
was that some some, some con- subconscious thing or is it something you were trying to indicate that these these things are very bad and very nasty is that we some- uh we had some not issues but uh we it was not like this from the beginning so to start with we only used red for danger, both for danger and for use this and for did, yeah, yeah. anything. And we realized that that's confusing and we need to have to, to make a distinction between these. So we tried around, like with green and so on. And uh, we had many iterations with colors. Then at some point there were like three colors and it was again confusing. So we did some playtest and then talk between us. What's a good, we had orange at some point, with orange, red, and yellow, and green. And uh, it was too much. And But then again, yes, there was red, and we couldn't stay with the red alone. Uh, yeah, so it, we didn't came up with the, from the very beginning with the color code. It came later from trial and error, just testing. Yeah, and it shows. And now it's cohesive. I mean, now... Now people understand what what we what we mean. <laughs> yeah. But in the beginning, it was a bit confusing. Yeah. Um, which question then is, how difficult have you found it to communicate to the player how to solve an area area or solve a puzzle without insulting their intelligence? Yeah, that's a fine line because uh, <clears throat> there are some. Um, signs with small with clues in some areas where you need to do something for the first time like a mechanic that you will use from then on like how to use an elevator Uh, or uh, some particular uh, properties of the laser light Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but people would say especially for the event build we would have uh, indicators like press this button or stuff like that. People would say, no, no, I don't, I would like it not to have those signs. I would like to have nothing on the screen and be my merit alone for figuring things out. Other people would be just lost. So we somehow have to uh, work with both audiences. So during the playtest, so besides QA, we had people coming over. We had the Comic-Con in Romania. So we recruited a lot of people who played it there and we said well you can come over and uh, uh, play some more um, and we would watch how, how what they would look at first um, so we would let them play give no instructions at all have make the environment as pleasant as pleasant as possible and stay behind them and take notes oh so he went that way not that way as we we, I mean we planned so this means we have to put more light there or make that more visible or get rid of something that was in the way or uh, you know arrange the objects not to make them obvious but uh, somehow to make them natural for someone to observe who who looks at details and observes the environment so not very very tricky and nasty but not in your face yeah uh, and it was, I mean, it was a lot of polishing and testing and testing and so on, on this one. And uh, as well as at events, we, I would always look at people, how they play, and I take notes like, he went left there and he yeah. found nothing or something or he got stuck. Or, I mean, people would go in corners of the game we haven't even think someone can go there uh yeah so playtest is uh the foundation of making it better that's a fantastic answer and i knew that was the case um but that was basically a leading question for you to divulge how on earth do you playtest properly a puzzle game which is ultimately what blackfall is a great deal of not in, not 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 in entirety there's a lot more to it than that but at its core it's a very well designed put together and fun puzzle game (laughs) and i want to ask another facet of the puzzles i find timing in them is quite crucial in a lot of solve in solving a lot of puzzles not all of them but a lot of them um how did you judge the window of opportunity for the player to exploit and to succeed so what i'm talking about here is at what point can you what kind of margin of error do you allow for the player to have in order to succeed in these puzzles? Or have you given it much forward? 
No, no, there was, I mean, I'm right now thinking of one puzzle with a fiery piston, uh, something that comes with a fire towards you. And uh, I know we played around with the speed on that one. So at some point it would come very slowly and people wouldn't figure, I mean, they didn't figure out it's coming, it comes towards them or and they were confused and they would die that way. And at right. some point, Christy, Christy made it very speedy. And you had like, if you missed a millisecond, you'd be dead. And uh, you'd know, and it was too much. I mean, I was playing that one and I said, this, this cannot go on like this. I mean, I'm going to, at an event and everyone will die here. I will have to tell them upfront what to do because otherwise it was, I mean, you would have to die. And we don't want for a puzzle uh, that you need to die to find out what to do. No, that's that's quite. I, f- I, yeah, ideally, I, you would figure out. Usually, people die. There are two types of players that I've encountered: people who like to play it really fast. They die. They learn. They do it again. They die. No problem, and so on. They are very quick, and you know, I am that type of person. And people who would just walk very slowly, look around. They would cringe whenever they died, like a failure of their, li- their life, and they <laughs> would like to avoid dying at all costs. Right. And right. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you have to satisfy both. I mean, if everything is too fast-paced, then they would have to be you. You frustrate some of them. Yeah, it, that's the thing about these games, isn't it? I mean. Uh, early platformers I'm talking about when I was growing up which is thousands of years ago um, <laughs> they didn't they didn't um, follow these rules they didn't really respect the player that much at all in fact they they reveled in punishing them uh, they said look aren't we hard aren't you going to put more more money into my into this machine so you can play it more because I'm really difficult go away you know <laughs> no, one, no one really wants that anymore it's not fun uh, it's not engaging and you know, there's been many different games that have overcome this problem. Super Meat Boy being a classic example, of course. Um, you know, where it had, yeah, the levels were ridiculously difficult, but you started instantaneously all over again. You know, it was bang, yeah. you know, you're back, bang, back. You, you just keep going. That's the elementary question. Each time, I mean, we had a, like a list of questions that you have to ask yourself about mm. a, a scene or a room, as we call yeah. them. And at the end of it is, What's the minute-to-minute player experience? Is it fun? If it's not fun and it's just frustrating, then we have to change something about it or, or get rid of that puzzle or change it altogether or do something about it. It has to be fun. That's the purpose of the game. Not fun as in you have a beer and you laugh, but fun as in like you feel the satisfaction of, I did that smart thing myself. Yeah. And I, yeah, I this is what I call fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. Frustration is a is a big problem in video games and still exists in many aspects, which puts a lot of people off. It's a big industry, but it's not as big as it could be. And the real reason a lot of people don't play them is because of their... A, they don't like having controllers with 27 buttons on them, which you and I are used to because we've seen them evolve over time. But when you hand someone a PlayStation 4 controller, they go, what, what is this? What, is, what are all these buttons for? You only need that one. What about all these others? You don't have to worry about those. What, they, they don't do anything. Then why are they all there? Well, they're for other games. What are they? Oh, God. And it's just, you know, everything from your game to Elite Dangerous, which needs seven hands to use. Um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a problem. It's, a it's problem. not frustration-free. I mean, at, no. at every event for each player, I would ask him, uh, how was the game? Oh, it was amazing. This is what everyone would say. And I, would, I changed the strategy. Like, mm. what did you like most about it and what frustrates you the most? Mm. And this way, because if you ask the positive one first time, they have, I mean, they know they've said something nice, so they have the courage to say the truth because yes. that's what I'm actually going for, not yeah. just an empty, it was great, yeah, awesome yeah. game. Um, yeah, and people would say, well, I got frustrated in that dark area or I got frustrated when it was the the timing was too tight or stuff like that. And I would take notes. And if there were like, I don't know, a couple of more people saying, uh, talking about the same spot, then, you know, we'd come back and say, well, people thought this was frustrating. We need to change it. 
Yeah. But still, there are still, I mean, you cannot make everyone happy and that's fine. No, because you're not going to, otherwise you're just not making pop music and who wants that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the last question, I know, all good things must come to an end. But here it is, brace yourself. Um, at first glance, and more than first glance, at second and third glance, um, Black the Fall is a very dark game, not just visually, but, you know, atmosphere-wise. Mm-hmm. But there are touches of humour in it, which I won't there go into, are. but there are. Um, was it always the intention to have that in in the game? Was it always the intention of having some levity, some humour in the game to to give it some sense of hope? Was that always that case? Yes. Uh, have you have you played the entire game? Yeah, but like I said, I don't want to delve. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, have you discovered secret secret rooms? I may Any? have, with, but, uh, you might have by accident. By accident. Okay. Yes. I'm not sure if I. Yeah. Especially the secret rooms. I mean, some of them are really fine. Um, yes. 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 I, in our studio, we're like a family because you know we work like nonstop, and. Um, it, there's no animosity everything it's uh sorted out through jokes like we're making fun of each other um and this is the best way to you know have a relationship because anything that's annoying it's someone makes fun of you and then you make fun of yourself and so on and this is what's in the game i mean okay it's a serious topic and it's sad but we can make some fun of ourselves and so on to just you know, you have to survive it, and yeah, get over it. It, it yeah. ranges from the secret rooms, which, yeah, we could go into details, but they're secret. The, they're secret, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also some of the solutions of the puzzles are quite funny. You know, you like the slapstick. You, you drop something on someone and he falls mm-hmm. over and like, oh, God. <laughs> it's just a bit, you know, because it is just a video game character or it's a robot or something. It's not, yeah. you know, and it just gets, oh, well. Yeah, it's not, it's not epic. It's just no, yeah. sad. It's like, just that's sad, an ending like, of a person. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> but way, way, it's sort of like, just like, well, I probably did him a favour. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's either that or it's to face what I've got to face in the next 40 screens. So, given the choice... Yeah. <laughs> the things you have to do. Yeah. You know, being told a princess is in another castle. Again. <laughs> you know. How Mario is still sane, I don't know. But there it is. There it is. Um, but no, I mean, that's... I just wanted to explain to everyone and the audience that... Although we have gone into some very dark topics in this show because of the nature of the game, I am a huge proponent of it because you don't have to sit there and just play Sonic all the time. Why you do that, I don't know. I never understood the (laughs) video. Um, It's okay to address subjects like this and with with sensitivity and also with uh, a sense of education because this is about sharing... An emotion that most of the audience haven't or have ever experienced, really, because they're living in a world that doesn't have this kind of level of oppression, thankfully, for most of us. So, as much as you whine and, and moan about politics, it's nowhere near as horrific as it was uh, 30 years ago in certain parts of Eastern Europe and most of Russia. Yes, but it's, I mean, I think. We still have it today in North Korea. We do. I mean, versions of Obviously, the same thing. Yes, but I'm saying the people of North Korea are yeah. <laughs> going to have sight of this game or any other yeah. piece of entertainment like that. I mean, it's just, I it's, it's it's sad and horrible, and uh, I still can't fathom how that country still exists. But there it is. Um, I know, I have the, have the same... I mean, playing the game and writing about communism and so on, and I, I keep thinking, my God, those guys are, I mean, today, right now, yeah. they are living... Or worse. That, yeah, or worse. Yeah. Or worse. And uh, even, you know, I say even, China's gone a very strange way. I can't fathom China. Mm. Ne- neither can China. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and But, yeah, North Korea, that's, that's the last bastion of it all, isn't it? And uh, 
uh, I believe. Um, there's there are other more oppressive regimes, Saudi Arabia and that sort of thing. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They have a very different set of, and that's a discussion also for another topic for another time. Certainly not on this show, but for another game, maybe for another game. Yeah, uh, but the point is, and the ultimate point is, Black the Fall is out, is it not? Mm, uh, it will be out on ele- uh, July 11th. Oh, it will be out by the time this shows out. So, yes, it's out, everyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what format is it on? Formats? Could you just remind me? I've got Windows PC here, but I think there's more than that. Uh, is it just Windows PC at the moment? Windows PC, uh, yeah. Xbox One and PS4. There you go. Uh, is it running on Mac as well? I can't remember. It will. It right. will, but not, not on launch. The only reason I mention that because my laptop's a Mac, and I know a lot of friends of mine yeah. use Mac. So I know, I know, yeah. It's, uh, it's there, there are they, quite some people, but um. yeah. I mean, my gaming machine is a PC. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, but uh, when I I'm, when I travel, I like my Mac because you can take a direct hit from a bullet and still work. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I know. I own a Mac, and it's brilliant to carry away. They yeah. are. Yeah, it's great, but like I said, they're not they're not gaming machines. Oh mm. God, what have I just said now? Oh no, yeah, <laughs> I can see the hate mail now. So, Andrea, it's been fantastic having you on. I'm really happy that you remembered after 18 months because we first met uh, in Rezd in 2016. Of course, uh, I remembered the face, the name, the the <laughs> the, the brand, everything. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank and you so much for the invitation for we, keeping the invitation. Alive after some, yeah, so much time. And, we, and I did a little preview based on what I played there all that time ago. The game's very different now, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say. And that's why I brought you on to chat about it. It's an extraordinary piece of coding. And you should uh, should be very, very proud of it if you're not already. Oh, I, will t- I will tell the guys, the, yeah, the programmers specifically. I do really mean it. <laughs> no, nobody praises the code, ever. It's like, oh, the art is amazing. And I keep telling you, oh, you know, guys, the art fun no, and no, nobody no. says nothing about the programmers that's because i am one That's yes the i know <laughs> so i've got some empathy there so i know because i don't don't get me wrong i don't strip games down to the minutiae to the point where i'm going well i can see what he did there he put that there or he or she put that there so therefore that triggers that and that trigger mm-hmm. no i don't do i don't do that <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that i didn't the reason i'm so proud or so impressed with the coding was the fact that I couldn't see it and that's quite important I forgot I was playing a game and for me that's the ultimate zenith of a programmer when you just can't see it when you forget that you're playing a game and I got so invested in the game that I forgot mm-hmm. it was there so you may sort of blight those and say oh come on why don't you talk about the coding that's actually a compliment on the coders because people forget that they're playing a game, that they're more invested in the world that they're in. No matter how dark and oppressive it is, um, to say that they're ignoring the coding, they're not. It's actually, it's actually a compliment to a coder that people forget that it's there. It's true, and it's amazing. I will tell the guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're more than welcome to come back on the chat about what your next project is, whatever that may be. Um, and... Yeah. Um, Oh, no, you can't tell me. Of course you can't. You can't. You can't tell your own mother. Um, so, you <laughs> but know, there is something. I can sure say there is, there is something. Yeah. It's, um, I'm very happy to hear it. The last thing I want to see this uh, to be a first and last title. That'd be terrible. <laughs> no, uh, but, but I mean, I mean, we have started seriously looking into it and having the brainstormings and the pro- prototyping and so on. So that's always it's an exciting time, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to leave you with this. I think right now video games are an extraordinary... Games generally are in an extraordinary place. Not just video games. Games. You know, because I play a lot of board mm-hmm. games and I play a lot of role-playing games, pen and paper role-playing games. And, you know, I, I, so they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're just everywhere now. And uh, they they bring a lot of joy to the world and you're helping with that. And, um, you know, you're in an extraordinary place where it's not as hard as it used to be to make games it used to be we you know to code games you had to know assembly and, and it's very very difficult it's like the wall of entry or barrier of entry as i say was very high and it had spikes on the top as well and, and it's, that's all kind of faded away now and uh, which has meant meant games like black the fall and 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 um 
uh, Papers, Please, and others, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and others more humorous games, um, or Kentucky Route Zero, which is sometimes funny, sometimes not. Um, all of these weird and wonderful games, um, and I, I lammed all together in a, in a you know a hallowed place. Uh, it means the industry is richer for it. As I said earlier, we need more people making games that have no interest in Star Wars, and I was right. <laughs> because that makes the makes the uh, environment more interesting because you know if all t if all literature was just about cowboys that would be horrible and uh, no one wants that so and the gift similarly if all video games were just about space marines it would be tedious and dull and they were for a very long time and thankfully that's gone away and um and San Sailor Studios you're doing a fantastic job of making sure that doesn't happen again <laughs> Andrea, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure. <laughs> and so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of spong.com. Bye! <laughs>